0: When the man in the moon was a little boy Singing hi-ho, the man in the moon He ran away on a shooting star Singing hi-ho, the man in the moon
1: Hello everybody and welcome to the Up for Discussion podcast, Hi, the everybody. only show on the internet where we talk about the things we talk about in the order we talk about them. I'm Tom Zaladnai. I'm Shush Peltier. I'm Tim. You guys, we have to be soft this week because there's some little boys sleeping upstairs.
0: Yeah, and they would be greatly disturbed by our presence.
2: This is the, this is the sleepy pod. Mm. This is... Yeah, I you recommend can, that you, listen to, you this. Can listen to this one before you go to bed.
0: You put on
3: your headphones, you crank it up, and uh, you enjoy the sweet, dulcet tones. Should we try to do some like ASMR stuff so that people can get some scratching inside their heads before they slumber?
1: I think we need to do our best to still produce good content this week. Because yeah, so your so. mom hated last week's episode. Mom really hated last week's episode.
2: <laughs> I mm. caught my nose on the pop filter, and that hurt.
1: To be fair, we didn't really talk
0: about anything last week. That's true.
2: That's fair. Mm. <clears throat> I can't. Uh, I can't say that I know because, as you all know, and it's, it, it is well documented, I don't listen to episodes I'm not in.
3: Yeah, that's true. I don't do that either. Tom's been trying to get me to listen to the Parazo episode.
1: Perazzo great. Done it.
2: Shout out to Parazo. One time. One, One time. time. Two
1: times. Three times. So, you guys. One time. How was your week?
2: My week was good. I've been uh caught with a cold for the past while. Mm. After uh, after the play ended, I am um, I got hit by the truck that we call the common cold. Mm. Uh it hit me all at once. Probably didn't help that I got really drunk the night before. Mm. Um but I've been rec- slowly recovering. That's yeah. good. Yeah, th- yeah,
3: colds often do that, eh? Like they <laughs> as long as you're stressed and working mm. super hard, they yeah. lay dormant. Mm-hmm. And then all it takes is have being done stressed and getting totally yeah. shit faced drunk, and then all of a sudden,
2: yeah. I actually have um have a little a little c- c- comment about uh, the show that you had with uh, I forget her name, Katie. Katie, the, oh, yeah, the biologist, the ecologist, ecologist. When you guys were talking about bees, bees, yes. the the play that I was in had had a, um, a good chunk that was about bees. Were you in
1: Bee Movie, the stage play
2: based on Bee Movie, the film?
1: It was Based it's called, on a novel pushed by Sapphire.
2: It was called The Bee Play.
1: Really? No. Mm.
2: <laughs> no, a constellation. um so my character's a beekeeper, and at some point he reads this note that says, There are three different kinds of bees, the drones, the workers, and a single solitary queen. The workers are all women. Their job is to forge for honey, pollen, etc. Their lifespan is potentially anywhere between five weeks and six months, and then they die. The workers... Nope. The drones exist solely to have sex with the queen. Once they've deposited their sperm, their penis gets ripped off, and then they die. And so that I don't I can't remember what the question was when Katie was there, but this answers the question,
3: right, yeah, we were talking about whether <coughs> drones were male and male or female,
2: or whether workers were male drones or are all male, yes, the workers are all female, We'll be boys,
3: which leads to the obvious question of why was Jerry Seinfeld cast as the lead in B movie
2: because the movie was not written by biologists or biologists
3: b that's yeah, that's the name of that ontomologists,
1: entomologists
3: ontologists
2: <laughs> apiculturists
3: is there or is there not bees?
1: that
2: is the question a
3: question of ontology bee ontology. be sweeter
2: in the mind I don't know where this is going ooh out. honey honey <laughs> wah, 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 wah. bee oncology
1: when you do cancer research on bees
3: Be on say when bees say things
1: yeah, <laughs> guys, I'm really I am I'm I'm in a bad mood today. Yeah, really? Why? So, um, I ordered Pokemon Moon version mm. with Amazon Prime last week. All right, and uh, <clears throat> and I ordered it. Oh my! Oh, Simon got
3: nipples. Oh, yeah. Simon nice just took nipples. off his shirt for this us. This is a good.
2: sexy episode.
1: Speaking of Moon, mm, so weird. I ordered. Pokemon Moon off Amazon Prime to take advantage of the Prime pre-order guarantee discount, Mm -hmm. which nets you 10% off the initial selling price and guaranteed release date delivery. Mm -hmm. I was promised delivery by 8 p.m. on Friday. It is currently... No, (laughs) (laughs) 6.46 p.m. on Monday, and I have not received the game yet. The courier service that Amazon uses for Prime deliveries within Canada currently, Intelcom, is bad, (laughs) clearly. I have received a 100% refund from Amazon as compensation for the delay, but I still do not have Pokemon Moon, so not really worth it. I mean, you're probably going to get it eventually. Allegedly they have it sitting in their warehouse in Griffintown and I'll receive it tomorrow. If mm. I don't I will be paying them a visit <laughs> to break some knees. Yeah. And get mm. Pokemon Moon. Well that too yeah. mostly. I
3: don't know, would you like but had you known that this was the case at the start mm. of like when when you placed the order, would you have traded Getting the game on Friday for having a free game on Tuesday.
1: Mm, Maybe I wanted to play the game on the release date. Oh yeah, (laughs) I had a really bad week last week, and it would have been nice to have yeah had that to look forward to. Yeah. I also canceled all of my plans Friday night because the game hadn't arrived yet, and I was waiting for it until 8 p.m. Right. Boo. Yeah, Yeah. that
3: could have. I guess if you had known, that would have been. (laughs) A better situation.
1: It would have been considerate to have let me know before 7:30 <clears throat> p.m.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, was the aggravation in your mind more pricey than the price of the game?
1: Frankly, I think they should give me more than just a refund, but I'm willing to take the full refund instead. Mm. So, you think that they should give you like refund and then credit? Or something? I or yeah, like frankly, more games. I think they should give me the full refund and a hundred dollar gift card. Well, that's then. what I proposed, and the guy said, mm-hmm. "Well, we'll give you the full refund, and if it doesn't show up
2: Tuesday, hit me up, and we'll see what else we can do for you." <laughs> that's at least there's yeah. that. Yeah, I, I can appreciate that rather than just them being like, "Sorry, can't control the shipping." Mm-hmm. Amazon is
1: yeah. good to their clients and wants us to yeah
2: be happy.
3: Yeah, because you're a Prime member. Mm. Not you. for
2: long if they keep shipping with Intelcom, frankly. <laughs> Mm. I, I heard a, um, an episode of This American Life where they interviewed some people who work in the Amazon warehouse mm. and it is one of the worst jobs that you can get because you have to spend your entire day running around and there's, I forget what exactly, like why, why exactly this was, but this, the computer that sorts uh, all the items doesn't sort them like by category or whatever. So it's not like, oh, if I need to get Pokemon Moon, I'm going to run into the video game section it's like oh, I have to run on like aisle three hundred and twelve, and then it's in a box with like headphones and a dildo and a bird mask, and you have to like rifle through it and grab it out, and then run it run back to the shipping thing, and then place it on the um, conveyor belt or whatever. And how did it's you, super?
1: Can I ask weird. a question? Yeah, how did you know the other items in my Amazon order? Are you spying on me? <laughs>
2: Myth the Beltier.
3: I was under the impression that Amazon warehouses were fully automated by now.
2: They may be, and maybe that story was from uh, earlier, sooner, before.
3: Don't they? Don't they have like like robots and things that <clears> throat> just throat> go around um, the warehouse and like pull out the box and?
2: That's a good question. Possibly, but I think I think there's still some runners in there. Mm. I just got a beard hair
1: stuck in my pop filter. I suppose that might make it even
3: worse. I'm going to try to do that. If the the robots take all the easy tasks and then you're just left with like when some idiot put Pokemon Moon with a dildo and a couple other (laughs) things and you have to go and find it because it's the only one left and a robot can't do that.
2: Yeah, Yeah, that
1: makes sense. Apparently... Intelcom has consistently given people a lot of trouble, though. Yeah, everyone gets their stuff like a day or two late, or it takes so long that they end up shipping it back to Amazon. Like, it's really not good.
2: Weird. Yeah, I've I've heard of some people who have ordered things on Amazon and just never got it. Yeah, and I've mm-hmm. or- I've ordered some things off of Amazon that I got like pretty soon. Like, there was even I remember ordering a video game several years ago that I got like a couple days before it, it was mm-hmm. said that it would ship, or at least well, it was like it'd be like, oh, it'll ha- it'll arrive between like. Tuesday and Friday, and it arrived, like, Tuesday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, well, here's the thing. That was a long time ago. They
1: used to do really well, Yeah, and then Canada Post went on strike in, like, July. Uh, and when Canada Post went on strike, Amazon had to shift its Prime over to another <gasps> service. So they shifted over to Intelcom, mm. and they haven't shifted back yet, even
2: though the strike's yeah. been over since
1: July. <laughs> mm.
2: Yeah, I actually remember there was a time in my life when I ordered a lot of things from Geek. And I think Think ThinkGeek has a, um, like, a deal or, like, sort of works with, uh, I forget exactly the shipping company in particular. Maybe UPS, but I could be wrong. But it, like, it would deliver really, really quickly. Mm -hmm. And I was always very pleased and impressed Mm -hmm. with that.
3: Guys, this show is brought to you by anybody but Intelcom. (laughs) If you're another shipping person, we support you.
2: Guys, this show is uh, brought to you by uh, The Box with a Dildo and a Bird Mask. Uh, Also known as our studio space. It will be arriving to the studio space tomorrow at 8 p.m. Allegedly. Allegedly.
3: Along with Pokemon Moon. Moon. Pokemon Mon.
2: Pokemon Super Moon. Did you guys see the Super Moon? No. I tried to. I looked out no the but back I, window
3: I and I didn't see it.
2: It wasn't that much bigger.
3: I took a tortilla and I slapped it on my window <laughs> and I pretended that that was the supermoon. It was a good time.
2: I saw it and I was like, yeah, I guess it's bigger, but if I hadn't known, I probably wouldn't have wouldn't have.
3: Well, the human perception of moon size is terrible, right? It is really terrible. Like the amount that it that it seems to change when it's on the horizon versus yeah. way up in the sky.
2: Yeah, when it's up up in the middle of the sky, you have like no no reference point and that's why it seems really tiny and that's why like when it's at the horizon it seems bigger, but it's yeah. no more bigger.
3: Because all of a sudden it's bigger than that building over there as opposed yep. to just generically moon sized.
2: As opposed to like considerably smaller than the sky.
3: You know what's one of the weirdest coincidences in the history of the world? Go for it. That the sun and the moon are the same size.
2: They are the exact same size. Like to look at. It's pretty crazy, right?
3: It's just it's such a strange phenomenon. Like, what, if what they, explains that? nothing honestly it's No, no luck. thing it's just completely like happenstance luck that yeah. the sun happens to be 400 times further away and 400 as well as times, times larger. larger and yeah it does, there's no there's no real explanation
2: is there <coughs> gonna be a pokemon sun coming out at some point it came out along with pokemon moon oh i understand are yeah they're they the like same...
3: xy and ab and red blue or whatever
2: are they um inexplicably the same size Yes. Cool.
3: But one of them's 400 times further away. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's Moon, which is why it's taking so long for me to get it. (laughs) Do you have Pokemon Sun? No. Hmm. I should have ordered Sun. Can I I be your Pokemon Sun? I feel like in a way you kind of are. Yeah, a little bit. We've spent a lot of time throwing the Pokeball back and forth and me teaching you about evolution and things. Mm. That's things that dads do. I think. Can it, one of you two confirm? Um, my As dad boys never, with dads m- never taught me about evolution. But my dad
2: never threw balls at me. Do you guys, I mean, he. You he, he, he know what? He probably did, but it wasn't a big part of our childhood. Could could you you I never owned a, a baseball club. Could you guys start a two-man
1: boy band called Boys with Dads? <laughs> mm, I suppose, but when
2: kind of like boys to men, daddies boys.
1: Can
3: it be a four-man boy band with our dads? That's <laughs> that, would be, yeah. that would be, maybe. That'd be, that'd be pretty good. Cause boys boy band, and your pop pops. Boy man needs at least four to
0: do no, those no, no, six, no, no, you beautiful don't. harmonies. No, you don't.
2: You need, you could have three people. You could have, it could be you, it could be your dad, and it could be your grandpa.
0: Okay, but then.
2: Because then that's there's not, two boys and two dads. I, I don't, I'm
3: trying. not saying that boys with dads needs Four people. I'm just saying, boy bands are no good. If you want to have, like, if you're a three-man boy band, you're handsome, and that's uh, just—it's not good. (laughs) What about
1: handsome? Handsome? You can be handsome, sons of ham. Mm.
2: So, I have a question about the sun and the moon. So, since we're standing on the Earth, and when Mm -hmm. we look at the moon and the sun, they're about the same size. If you were standing on the sun and you weren't dying and you looked up at the moon and the and the earth would they look about the same size
3: is that a serious question
2: <laughs> <laughs> it occurred to me as i was asking it that the sun and that the, the moon and the earth would be far too small to be able to see them well
3: it would did it occur to you that the that from the sun's perspective the moon and the earth are practically in the same place and therefore they will look about as their relative sizes that they actually are Right? like the moon is really, it's really small. It's point. about one. It's about what is it? One eightieth the size of Earth, like allegedly. diameter-wise. What allegedly? You <laughs> I mean allegedly? Allegedly. No, I think it's one eightieth the mass. I think it's like one sixth the diameter.
2: Yeah, I remember hearing that the diameter was like not that, not that drastically different. Yeah. Huh. So. Oh. If you were standing, let's say the sun were not a sun, but were just a big old rock, and I was standing on it, and I looked up in the direction of the earth and the moon.
3: Then you wouldn't see anything.
2: Because they're just too, too small.
3: Because they're only, you can only see them if they're reflecting light from the sun.
1: If I stood on the moon. It was a glowy rock.
3: A glowy rock that doesn't yeah. burn you? Yeah. How glowy?
2: As glowy as the sun.
3: Then it would burn you.
2: Hypothetically, Tim... Allegedly. Tim... Have
3: you ever touched a light bulb? Allegedly.
2: What if it was um, um, bioluminescent?
3: Then you have bigger problems than whether you can see the Earth or not.
2: Tim, can you just answer the damn question? Because
3: you're on like a (laughs) weird creature the size of the sun. That's pretty cool.
1: Do you guys want to start a boy band called Soft Boys and their warm, tasty daddies? Soft Boys out on the street. I
2: would be down to start a... uh, a boy band, but um, I don't want to call it that. What do you not want to call it? What do I not want to call it? I I would not want to call it soft boys and their tasty, tasty daddies. I would not want to call it um, two boys in a cup. I would not want to call it um, lots of other things. Gentle, sweet, kisses. Mm. <laughs> I'd rather call it pigeon and the cardinals.
3: Uh, Yeah, that could. I mean, that's more of a '50s sort of deal, Mm. or a
2: very hipster kind of deal. Mm. Tom Pigeon and his Cardinals.
3: The other thing is, if you were standing on the sun and the sun wasn't burning you, it would probably crush you because gravity,
2: real strong. I understand, Tim. I have a crush
1: on the sun. Yeah. What do you think? It's pretty handsome. It's a pretty handsome son. It's a handsome
3: son. Do you have a crush on the father or the Holy Ghost?
2: Allegedly. They don't have physical bodies, so no. Hmm. Do you have to have a crush on a physical form? What about
3: people who have like e-crushes through chat rooms?
2: Those people still have physical forms.
3: Yeah, but how do you know? Maybe you were on a chat room and you fell in love and it turned out that person was the Holy Ghost. Or just any other ghost. Haven't you ever seen Ghost?
2: With Patrick Swayze. (laughs) (laughs) Do we have... um a topic. We've discussion. got a Patreon question We need, We week. desperately need something to talk about you guys, second week running.
1: Patreon.com is a crowdfunding platform that allows content creators to work directly with their audience. It's a crowd-flogging platform. The best content for you. Crowdflounders.com. <laughs> if you go to patreon.com slash up for discussion, you can pledge as little as $5 a month to help guide the topics. Love discussion. Oh. Crowdflintstones.com. Mm. Two out of ten. Crabrangoo.com. So what's our question, bro? CrabRangoon says, if you could be any one spaceman in history, who would it be? Mm. Neil Gaiman. Neil Young. Neil Woodcock. You guys, our, our Patreon question <laughs> for this week comes from Gabriel. Gabriel wants to know, what, what do you think is the way that, that science and art can, can help each other? Hmm. Hmm. That's, That's the it. relationship
3: between science and art. That's very topical for my life. Yeah. yeah. Hold on. Gabriel has a corporeal form, yes? Mm-hmm. You've <laughs> yeah. met him. You've he's, touched him. He's not an angel. You felt his warm body. Okay. Just Just checking. I thought maybe there was a chance for connection here. There is. He has a warm body
2: that you have touched. Physical connections. I feel like
3: maybe I want to hear what you two have to say about, you know, how science connects with art, because, you know, I I just, I just do that all the time.
1: Tom. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to give an answer, it's like, this week, um, my thing, done, case closed. Bam. This week, I became aware of a Google project called Google Quick Comma Space Draw. (laughs) And uh, Google Quick Comma Space Draw exclamation mark oh i get it
2: i thought it was quick draw like one word
1: nope it's like like, quick draw quick comma space draw exclamation mark uh it says can a neural network learn to recognize doodles see how well it does with your drawings and help teach it just by playing yeah So, so simon actually would you like to try this out
2: I'll give it, it a see, shot. you this up. make for great audio content. Narrate yeah.
1: the experience to All us right, while you do that. Tell me
2: to draw a bridge under in under 20 seconds. Okay,
1: draw a bridge.
2: Oh, sh- check sh- out sh- that sh- bridge. Sh-
1: mm, good looking bridge. Did it get it?
2: That's not a mountain. Mm, no, nope. nope. I'm gonna make it thicker here. This is not a road. It is a bridge. Oh, oh snap! Nice. It got that it was got a bridge. It. Draw lightning. 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 That's really easy.
1: But sound I'm going to make it hard gonna for us some lightning. You're
2: going to make it hard?
1: How's that going? You're making lightning sounds. It's not an audio thing. Did it, did it
2: work? It's not an octopus or a spider or a chandelier. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Those are kind of like lightning. It could be. It's, Very, it's not lightning. an angel. <laughs> oh, oh, no. It makes that it's sound being when it angry be at, at you.
2: I, I drew lightning. Well, I drew what lightning actually sounds yeah,
3: like. Yeah, but you, it wanted like a Harry Potter, Sky type thing. Draw
2: sure. snorkel. Is snorkel a character from from something? Snorkel, no, it's like snorkel. a swimming snorkel. It's but it didn't put it didn't with. say a snorkel, It just said draw snorkel.
3: Yeah, it's like it's like snow. It doesn't need a pronoun. Yeah. Who are you to police its pronouns? It prefers blank pronouns.
2: <laughs> oh, I think it got it. Did it get snorkel? It yeah. I mean, it just it just told me to draw a baseball. Oh, do it. Yeah. Well, if it <clears> didn't <throat> freak out,
3: then
1: probably you got it. Doop. I find it would be hard to differentiate bit, between a baseball bit, and a tennis ball. Bit. you got to put the stitches.
2: Yeah, that's what I did. Oh, smart. Did draw strawberry. Mm-hmm. No. Draw strawberry. It's another one that prefers blank pronouns. Did it work? You got it. Nice. I think I'm a better artist than you
1: guys. You might be.
2: Draw basketball.
1: Basketball. See, basketball, I wouldn't know how to draw. It's the same. No. It's bigger. Did it work? Yep. Hey, mazel tov. Did you get six out of six or five out of six?
2: It got, Damn. Yeah, no, it never got lightning, did it? No, it didn't yeah, get lightning. It okay. got five out of six.
1: Nice. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So if you go to quickdraw.google.com, I think. Quickdraw.withgoogle.com or Google quick comma space draw exclamation mark. Right. So what did this make you think about? So because it's science trying to recognize art. That's yeah. That's true. So they've they've set up what they call a, a digital neural network, uh, kind of like what they did with... The uh, AlphaGo, the DreamSpace thing that they did. Mm. That's true. They, yeah, they've been
3: doing a lot of stuff with neural networks. So mm-hmm. the the Dream, what was it called? Dreamweaver? No,
1: Dreamweaver.
3: No,
2: Dreamweaver is an Adobe product. Yeah, anyways, I believe you can get me through the night. I think. One I think it was DreamSpace.
3: No, it was it was Google Deep Dream that was the that's it. what it was. Um, so that was the the neural network, and then the the recent victory of Google over the world's greatest Go player was also a neural network. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been doing a lot of stuff like this.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: A lot of smart people at Google.
3: Yeah,
1: and so I thought this was an interesting concept because basically the way it works is that it's gradually teaching this computer how to recognize the way that different people draw. The same thing. Yeah. Mm. So it like learns to recognize like patterns of like, okay, most of the time when people draw a basketball, this is how they do it. Mm. And then it gets better and better at recognizing even the worst drawings of basketballs.
3: Do you guys have any idea how a neural network works?
2: Nope. No. Can you explain it to us? I can.
3: And a bit briefly, I guess. Um, so it's the same way that your brain's neural network works. Is that actually. why it's
2: called a neural network?
3: Yes, it's, it's like a it a easy sort of mathematical model of how neurons are supposed to work. It's a network of neurons. Yeah. So at the base, at the <laughs> first level, you have like it's based on the idea that you have inputs, and then those inputs all get connected to these nodes called neurons in various weird ways. So down at the first level, you'll have a neuron representing like every pixel mm. on the screen, right? So mm. all it'll know is white, black, white, black, white, black or whatever, right? Right. So this neuron is white, this neuron is black. But then a level up, maybe then the You're like, wrong, neurons don't see color. It depends on the neuron actually because if it is your eye neurons, then it will be well, it's all it's always on or off, right? a neuron is firing. A race or fire. joke keep going. <sighs> Simon always makes racist jokes.
2: Woo. You were saying? So then
3: then if on one level up, maybe like the nine closest neurons will all be connected to one neuron. Right. Which will be, but they'll also be connected to a bunch of other neurons. And maybe that neuron will be able to tell if there's a line shape or if there's not a line shape, right? In Mm. that little space. And if there's a line, then it fires. And if there's not a line, it doesn't fire. And that's connected... And so you've got all these second layer of neurons that that know whether at this particular spot there's a line or a cross or a diagonal or whatever. And then that goes further up and those get connected in weird ways. Um, And the thing is when you start off with a neural network, you don't tell it what these higher levels are going to be looking for. You just have a layer at the very end that tells you this is a boat or this isn't a boat, for example. And then every time it sees... Something that you tell it is a boat, then you try to like just change the change the connections and change what what weight they have so that the various neurons fire. So at the end of the day, the one right at the top says boat when there's a boat and not boat when there's not a boat. Hmm. Um, huh. And so all the middle neurons end up just by repetition, by doing this thing that we're all doing with Quickdraw where we're all giving it various kinds of boats of various shapes and sizes and stuff to eventually recognize higher and higher order ideas about what a boat is. But the weird thing is that we don't tell those neurons what they're looking for. So eventually it could be that one of the higher level neurons is actually looking for a sail, and like any time it sees any sort of sail, it'll know it's a sail. But we never told it to look for a sail. We just told it that eventually it has to see a boat. Um, huh. And this is very much how humans learn, right? Because yeah. we, don't, we don't tell our individual neurons what they're going to look for. We just see a hundred different boats. And then all of a sudden we're able to recognize boats that we hmm. haven't seen before.
2: Interesting. Your so. waveform got twice as big during that.
1: Well, I was excited. Okay. Twice the waveform. So Double what is the a fun.
2: What is a neural network like the one for Quick Draw physically look like?
3: It's pre- it's completely a, a program. It's just mm. software. Oh, okay. Um, but it's it's a software that mimics these these neurons and what they would look I like. I see.
2: Interesting. Right. That's really interesting. So yeah.
3: the thing is that this is this something you can learn anything with, right? Like right. Yeah. It seems that people can pretty much learn anything.
1: Well, it's pattern recognition. Right? Yeah,
3: and it's it's general pattern recognition, like like. A neural network can learn things that it was not designed to learn. Like people were not designed to drive cars, but we can learn to drive cars if we just do it enough.
1: It's like if you see a hundred shitty drawings of a car and every time they tell you it's supposed to be a car, eventually you get good at telling it's a car. Yeah, for sure. Do you think that's why like parents can tell what their kids have drawn?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Like my sister is much better at like Mm -hmm. figuring out what, her her daughter is saying that yeah, I. Yeah, I was
2: just thinking about kids hmm. talking
3: because yeah. she's fig- she's learned all the substitutions and like you hmm. can do this. Another thing that uh, I saw with the neural network recently. Like no, I didn't. Hmm. Um, do you remember that that Adobe thing, where uh, Adobe came out with a product recently where you can actually give it a sample of like an hour of someone speaking. And then you can type out a sentence and the person will, it'll speak it in that person's voice. Yeah, and it Mm. sounds really seamless. It does. And, but it's, I I was really fascinated by that because it's clear that that's possible with a neural network because we do that all the time. Like Tom can say whatever he wants in the voice of Gilbert Gottfried because he's just like internalized it. Sure. Mm -hmm. But we're slowly getting computers to do that.
1: I
2: wish I could do that right now, but there's small
1: boys sleeping (laughs) upstairs.
2: That's pretty scary when you think about that. When you think about. Um, the fact that now computers can imitate anybody's voice. Yeah. That's it's kind that's of scary. It's very fun. <laughs> that's actually an, an interesting lead-in back to the question, because I've recently been watching a TV show called Black Mirror. I don't oh, know if you guys have heard uh, of yeah, anatomy. I love it. I've, yeah.
3: been, I've been watching Blue Galaxies.
2: I understand. Um, but no, so it's about um it's like a it's it's sort of like the new Twilight Zone. Yeah. Where every ep- it's like a sci fi thing where every episode's a totally different story with totally different characters, a whole different reality, really. Sometimes they burst into song, there's drama, there's romance. Occasionally there's always a plane crash. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing they all have in
3: common. I haven't seen any plane crashes yet. I've seen three episodes. Of Black Mirror? Yeah. No, have they adopted have they adopted, there's no plane crashes. Have they adopted
1: a, Black Mirror yet as their child? No,
2: no. Uh, <laughs> but um, so it's it's a it's sort of they all revolve around the the dark side of technology in our lives, and also
3: mm. the dark side of people. I think.
2: Yeah, and how technology can bring out the dark side of people, <laughs> whether it be like actual like terrible things or just like can twist people's um understanding or perceptions of themselves and other people. And it's really really interesting. And I think that um. That's to me, that's what art in respect to science is and should do um, is is think beyond how science can think, right? So like, um every once in a while you hear of some scientists that are developing something that we all are very familiar with because of all of the sci-fi that we've seen, right like uh, like it, <clears throat> at the beginning of the year, uh, Mark Zuckerberg released. Um, what he was gonna his his new year's resolutions and yeah he's been doing that for a couple years and this year one of the things was create like a small or a simple ai to to help him around the house um and i remember like reading some people's reactions to that and they were saying like has he not like seen all of the movies where people create like has he not seen age of ultron right for example (laughs) which is like that's exactly what like ultron was at first right and and i think that um if if all we if all we did if art never touched science if art never um yeah if art if art and science were always completely separate i don't know that we would know to have the perspective of um what science can do and what it can become hmm. um and sometimes that can be like really 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 fast like the like the the jumps that uh that art can make like um, so Alan Turing uh, invented the first computer in forty seven B.C. I think, or forty eight. I mean, nineteen forty seven. He 1947.
3: was already working on it. Like the the bomb machine that helped them in World War One. In World War Two, was kind of a computer, right? But, but, but the, the real computer was later on. Yeah, yeah. He had
2: figured out. So let's and, and let's say forty eight is when. Um, Alan Turing invented the computer, played six, brilliantly six by year, Brundle
1: Dunk Cromber <laughs> Scranch.
2: Six years later, Isaac Asimov coined the term robotics. Yeah, hmm. like we like computers wouldn't even like nobody dreamed of what computers were able to do when they when it was first invented, and then when it first re- kind of first released to the public, and then Alan Turing jumped to like almost the farthest thing that we can imagine. Uh, uh computers doing which is being essentially humans yeah isaac Asimov is what i meant um I, and and i think that that's that's something that is that has always been very surprising to me um is to see how quickly people uh artists can make that jump with hmm. uh and like and it, it in a sense it has seeped all of our all of our our, our our psyches where whenever we hear of a new technology, we can immediately think of like its applications or its dark sides or how it can help our, how it can help us or how it can make everything worse.
3: You mm-hmm. know? and often that's yeah, that's based on sort of the art that's foreshadowed yeah. these technological advances. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's come I wonder if that era is going to last much longer. What do you mean? Because people talk about progress speeding up and speeding up and speeding up, right? Yeah. and right away you think of of black mirror even it's it's like we're still at the stage now where it can make some predictions about what this what yeah. these technologies might make in the future but at the same time we're not going to have 50 years anymore to figure out what smartphones are going to do we have like maybe 10 years until uh-huh. that we move on to the next technological thing right maybe um, so like if Asimov were around today, he wouldn't have had, you know, 30 or 40 years to write robotics novels based on what's coming up today. He would have less time. And I wonder if, hmm. as technology increases in power, we're going to. Well, I guess this is the idea, once again, of the singularity that we're going to drop off with our ability to predict anything and all of a sudden just be along for the ride.
2: Hmm. Interesting. I don't think that. Um, artists will ever stop being able to predict what what things will happen. I think that um,
3: I don't think they will. I think they'll just get more wrong about it.
2: I mean, they've been wrong about it for a really long time. Have you ever seen? <laughs> have you ever seen like um, things from like the early nineteen hundreds or whatever that are like this is what the year two thousand will look like? And it, it's like there were zeppelins everywhere and flying bicycles and like like underwater trains and whatever. And like you know we oh yeah know. for sure I agree like, with like that we, we are still wrong about the future you know there's no ultimately there's no real sci-fi that has been completely completely correct
3: I think my point is that I think our wrongness will get short will take on shorter and shorter intervals okay. so whereas usually in the past you could predict the next 10 years yeah. maybe next maybe in a while you'll only be able to predict five or two or one and then eventually it goes down to a couple weeks
2: does that scare you that yeah scares me. totally
3: for example, I th- I would argue that a lot of our political landscape right now is fundamentally based on, um, you know, dynamics of the Internet that no one figured out until they started happening all over yeah. the world. So,
2: hmm. yeah, a little bit. That's pretty scary.
1: Talking about science and art.
3: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm going to sneeze. Ooh,
1: Someone talk while I sneeze. Talking about science and art reminded me of something I heard about this week. Does the name...
2: Anish Kapoor mean anything to you? I love Anish Kapoor. So he's, he's one of my all-time favorite artists. So you know that he's the guy who created the blackest black. I yep. lost the sneeze. That's
1: too bad. So this what's, guy created the blackest black. What's which that? Which is a paint that is as black as possible. Basically, it's, it absorbs 99.96% of visible light. Right. It's um, so weird. <clears throat> but apparently, uh, recent, uh, he, he will not allow anyone to use this black except for himself basically uh like he's copyrighted it it's like his he exclusively has the rights to it is he an artist yeah yes okay
3: because there i mean there have been labs that have developed similar technologies but
2: anish kapoor designed uh, i think it's called the bean in chicago that big glass oh yeah yeah he did that among other things so so in retaliation
1: of not allowing anybody else to use that black uh, a U.K. artist named Stuart Semple has released the world's most vivid pink, <laughs> and he, he says anyone is allowed to buy it, uh, but you have to promise that you are not Anish Kapoor, that you are in no way affiliated with Anish Kapoor, you are not purchasing this item on behalf of Anish Kapoor or as an associate of Anish Kapoor, and to the best of your knowledge, information, and belief, this paint will not make its way into the hands of Anish Kapoor. <laughs>
2: That's oh. fantastic. The world has been equalized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Anishkofour I find is a super interesting artist. Um, I don't know what he's like as a person, so maybe he's a little bit of a dick. But he um a lot of his art revolves around like just pure colour mm-hmm. or pure pigment. Um like there was there's one thing that he he did that was like really, really famous. I think it was in London where he mixed a bunch of like really pure red pigment with hot wax and he mounted it on a rail and the rail was moving through a bunch of artways that were the same shape and it, and it, sorry
3: the, artways that's not a thing that i am archways oh
2: did i i said artways yes archways, archways. Okay. arches yeah. uh, in a building and there was and it was this like event that you could go to and this huge mound of hot wax like slowly moved forward through the archways and it would take the exact shape of the archways but Ew. leave all these like really cool like dripping like deep red uh, around the archways as it would just can like continue to move forward. And by the end of it, it was just this like beautifully, like, like almost like, uh,
3: like sculpted arch. Shape. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Totally. Like just standing in the middle, just sitting in the middle of this room. But then behind it is this trail of like the deepest, deepest red. Hmm. Uh, and the whole thing maybe lasted a couple hours, but then he could go and look at it for like a, you know, like a couple weeks. And there's another one where he, um, rented out the entire Guggenheim in, uh, it was just this huge art gallery in um uh in new york i think designed by one of the bauhaus people and he painted everything everything white and there was just this happening where you could go in uh and he just dropped like this that same red but all just pure powdered pigment and just dropped it from the ceiling as it fell and then it just exploded on the on on the floor and just spread like this red pigment everywhere wait
3: was this is this like did he do this all at once or could you like schedule like okay I'm gonna no, be around it, when this particular
2: one gets it happened dropped. once and you had mm-hmm. to like buy really expensive tickets to be there when it happened right he's very wow. like he's all about that kind of thing he 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 has some things that are like that he has um a couple things at the museum of uh, contemporary art that are like less interesting but he has like a couple sculptures that play with like red and black um, mm-hmm. pigment he designed also for the London Olympics there's this big sort of tower that looks like a roller coaster and he designed the Tower well. of Terror yeah mm-hmm. um and i forget exactly what it's called but he he designed that too he's the like-
3: lunch loser of london
2: that's exactly what it is. The C N Town. When when you said that the that other artist like copyrighted the world's what is it most uh, vivid mo- pink. the most vivid pink, I thought you were going to say that he he made the uh, the second blackest black <laughs> that absorbs like ninety nine point nine two percent of all light. That must exist, right? <laughs> like someone must have that. Well, yeah.
3: I'm I'm pretty sure that mm-hmm. there are blacks blacker than Anish Kapoor's black. Oh um, sure. But because there there Tom are these parts made out of nanomaterials that, that are being used in a lot of like mm. you know, lab settings now. Mm. Yeah. Um, and they're they're crazy. Like if you if you see them like people do experiments where they like they'll like paint a bunch of aluminum foil black. Yeah. And you just you can't tell that it's it aluminum just foil. Like a it just looks like a black mm. thing.
2: Yeah. Oh, are there any practical applications with that? I guess like um camouflage i don't know
3: make your cat look even weirder (laughs) like that's the only place that i've ever really seen that that effect before Is like really black cats you'll notice Mm -hmm. that like you can't Mm -hmm. tell they have fur necessarily they just look like a hole in the universe
1: you could use it to
2: reduce glare for football players yeah put it on your eyes would is would that pigment be like toxic for some reason i just feel like it must be like Jam packed full with toxic chemicals. It well, might because a lot I feel of it like uses you probably like, can like, put it on your skin. You could probably like nano find a way to like or whatever. make it. you capable of being painted on some tin foil. Out. Put the tin foil under your eyes, <laughs> right? And then yeah. it I mean, slowly bakes your skin <laughs> until you have a burn mark. <laughs>
3: if we're gonna <laughs> Don't talk laugh about too loud. There's, the, there's small boys upstairs. Sorry. if we're gonna talk about the you know negative health effects of playing football, I'm mm-hmm. not sure if black paint <laughs> would be the top of the list, regardless.
2: Yeah, that's a fair point.
1: Sunstroke. Mhm.
2: That's a fair fair point.
1: Plane crashes. Yeah, that's a serious
2: crash planes. Me,
1: serious problem. Crane splashes.
3: <laughs> I've been thinking about this uh this neural network thing by and large. Um because they keep using neural networks to do different things mm-hmm. that are th- like they're approaching more and more um sort of the frontiers of art with neural networks, right? So they've so they've developed neural networks that can like compose music and they they're starting to develop neural networks like uh, they have neural network algorithms that are really good at like taking a news story and writing about it. So like making like computer generated like copy for journalists and stuff that's like pretty accurate. And now they're getting into you know, neural networks that can make you say whatever it wants without you actually having to do anything. And I'm like, really, I, I, I'm considering just writing to Google because I've got some like Google contacts now and being like, can we get a project going where the goal is that I can press a button and out comes an acapella science video? <laughs> Like with no input from me whatsoever, <laughs> just just I, I boop and then like tr- you half just an receive hour of churning money from later.
2: Patreon and then you press a button every month
3: because I'm not sure how many stages of it at this point are missing. Like the the uh, music could be composed, the lyrics could be composed, the me yeah. singing could there, be done yeah. by this Adobe program. There, there
2: was there was a um a computer that composed a symphony a yeah. couple months ago, I'm and pretty it, sure yeah. that if you Hans fed Zimmer. it,
3: if you fed it a whole bunch of like images of my face doing different singing stuff, it could animate my there's face definitely, singing.
2: There's definitely already software that does that. Yeah.
3: yeah, so like at this point, I'm I'm pretty much hoping that in a year I no longer have to work at all. <laughs> I can just they'll like, just make money. I can just push a button and out will pop a brilliant thing that I can put on YouTube every day, <laughs> Break in the millions.
1: You might have to start by working first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, mm. you're a jerk. yeah, it, 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 it really does just
2: look more and more like we're getting computers to just do things for humans, and like taking, really, just taking away the things that humans can do. Because in a lot of ways, he, computers are just better at things than than humans are.
3: Yeah, and people always think that he, there are certain things that humans will always be better at than computers. Ice at. skating. I don't think that that's going to be true about many things no, yeah. in the future.
2: That's, that's also scary. Uh-huh, that's not a future uh-huh. I want to live in. No? A future no. where robots are better at ice skating. A future than
3: where there's infinite amazing art for you to <laughs> see and love? A
2: future where I, there's nothing that I can do because I will never be able to be as good as some computer that that did a thing i think that's interesting because like i want to be able to do things and i want to be able to be good at the things that i do you want to be the
3: very best like no one ever was is what you're saying
2: not necessarily i mean that'd be cool but being a
1: loud boy
2: i'd i'd rather like i don't know just be like because you know you could create a software create a uh, you know Mm -hmm. computer robot that Mm -hmm. like just makes incredible movies, Mm -hmm. you know, and it just like churns them out every, every couple hours. And then he's like, great, I've got a movie and it's got like, there, there were no people involved in it whatsoever, but it looks like there's people and like, it's flawless CGI and whatever. But like, I don't know. That's shitty. That's, is it though? Yeah. (laughs) It's, I, I think it's really shitty Mm. because then like, what are people going to do? We're just going to sit around and, just like do whatever the like we're just like our lives will end up being controlled by computers
1: well I think that's interesting because
3: I I are like for all intents and purposes that's the case for me with everything except the one thing that I like am most passionate about like already right like I don't care if there are people who are better than me at soccer and I don't think I'd really care if robots were better than me at soccer right like it's it's but it's interesting to think about what are those core things that you feel like are really part of yourself that make you special, and are those the things that you would feel dehumanized if a computer became better than you at them,
2: yeah, yeah, and I think like i like i you can't make an argument that like. You know, humans will always be better at something or that like computers always make perfect things and human, you know, the flaws that human makes. Like cause that was one of my first thoughts. Like, well, like when a human makes something, there's always a couple flaws and that's kind of what makes it really nice. But like you could just program a computer to make those flaws. Yeah. And have those flaws and make those mistakes. And, and understand
3: think, exactly how those flaws make a work of art better. And exactly. Do that. Yeah.
2: Exactly. And I think, I don't know, I that to me is soulless and i don't want to live in a soulless world.
3: well i think it ultimately you're not going to get say a movie, right? you're not really sure. going to get a movie with the the passion and the emotion and the and the feeling behind it until you have a computer that for all intents and purposes is a person. and so at that point,
2: how how do you how do you reach that conclusion?
3: well, can like think of the like the reason why I think that I can be replaced fairly soon is that what I do is honestly a fairly technical challenge. It's, you know, it's putting very clear and known facts into a specific algorithm that turns, turns them out in the patterns of a song. And then it's making that, you know, arranging that song according to the patterns of what humans find pleasing to listen to. And, you know, putting that all out in a, you know, format that works. Like that's, all those things are fairly algorithmic, but there's nothing really algorithmic about, say, I don't know, what's your favorite movie?
1: A B movie. Sure,
3: <laughs> B movie. There's, like, until you get a computer program that understands, like, the interplay of human emotions and the rise and fall of conflict and, you know, like, empathy in a, at a deep sense where it can understand people as well as people understand people then it won't make that kind of movie and i think that when it does it'll be a pretty good indication that that computer is just basically a person like is how much can you really subtract from what a human is and still make those grand works of art that humans make
2: interesting do you think then that i don't know and maybe this is just going a little more technical but like do you think it's possible that computers will just never be very good at the tasks that we give them like you know the the no. neural, the, the, the neural networks that they were talking about even just a quick draw do you think it's possible that no matter what you do quick draw will always be wrong sometimes
3: yeah but or do you think people are always going to be wrong sometimes i'm not good it, at pictionary
2: right but like what i'm what, what i'm getting at is like let's let's say you you had a software that that pumped out acapella science videos mm-hmm. um you know, for probably the first couple times, they wouldn't be that great. Probably there'd be a lot of glitches in your face and your your voice would sound maybe a little weird. Do you think it's, do you think there's a chance that those glitches will just never go away because what, what we are as people and what we do as people is just too complex and there's just too many factors and a, a single computer or like a, a, a program, however large or however all encompassing it may be, can never factor in all of those different factors
3: no not at all because I think that fundamentally you are a computer you are a gigantic neural network running a very complicated software and so if you made that as you know if you replicated a human brain as a computer I think it would be as human as a human is
2: okay I think we lost Tom I
3: think we did how's it going there Tom is he asleep
2: no, he's just not in a mood to talk about this right now.
3: <laughs> What's he in a mood to talk about, Tom? This great audio. Bees. Bee movie. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld. Who's the other
1: actor in that? Who knows? Is there another actor in that?
0: Presume, <laughs> uh, it's just Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> doing every voice. <laughs>
1: That's just the possible. Nutty Professor,
2: but with Jerry Seinfeld. The Nutty B. The Nutty B professor.
1: Yeah.
3: But wouldn't it be great if you could have a computer that was Jerry Seinfeld? Uh,
2: I don't know. That makes me uncomfortable. You could just make infinite J- B Jerry movies. Seinfeld already makes me uncomfortable, let alone making a computer be Jerry Seinfeld.
1: Zero one zero zero
2: one.
3: <laughs> lol. <clears throat> I guess Jerry Seinfeld probably doesn't say lol. It's been past his time. No,
2: probably not. Cool. Yeah.
3: Well, thank you, Gabriel, for uh, posing that question.
2: That was an interesting. Qu- I didn't know that it would go that deep into mm. into the question.
3: You forgot that AI is one of my favorite topics.
1: Yeah, I love that movie starring Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> mm-hmm. AI, artificial
2: insemination, intelligence. Uh, yeah, and He's then the, and, and then the sequel is He's Bi, starring
3: Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> 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 How intelligent are bees? <laughs> uh,
1: mm. Are we done? Is this it? You've got another 10 minutes. Another 10 minutes? Oh, dear. Eight minutes. Mm. It's 7.33 p.m. So, guys, what do you think about politics?
2: I don't want to talk about that right now.
3: <laughs> that's what happened last week. Uh, that's I've... why. That's why last <laughs> week's episode was such a nothing episode, was that all I'd really been thinking about was politics. And then we were like...
2: We don't
0: want to talk about politics.
1: And then we just had nothing to talk about. (laughs) It was pretty great. You guys, we just put up a form on the Up for Discussion Facebook page. If you're interested in being a guest on our show, go fill out the form. Oh, really? That's a thing now? us
3: up. Yep. That's dangerous.
1: No. Do we have a screening process? I mean, the screening process is that I look at the form, and if I think, nope, then they don't get on the show. Mm.
3: Do we get veto power on this? (laughs)
1: Veto power on the nope? Yeah. I mean, on the, we'll figure we, it out. No, do we'll we get veto power on the yup? Sure. Cool. Yeah. I'm not going to bring on some like serial killer or like
2: Matthew Parazo or yeah. something. Like that. <laughs> you hear that, Parazo? Hashtag never again. Hashtag stop Parizzo 2016.
1: Hashtag not my Parazo. Hashtag com.
3: <laughs> what if Tom invites himself as a guest? I could do that. That'd be kind of fun. Have you have you ever thought about like doing a solo podcast? Any of you like where you you like pretend to be a bunch of different people arguing with yourself?
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say just where I rant for
2: like That's, a while. Oh, you yeah, could, yeah. You just you could become do that. you just become Rush Limbaugh at that point. Rush. Limbaugh.
3: Like I've been listening to a lot of solo podcasters recently, but they don't actually do that. They, they just, just talk. They just while. talk. And they tend, I think the only way that they get away with it is that they all talk really slowly because <laughs> <Like, laughs> you can't banter with yourself.
2: Well, there are, there are some, some solo podcasters who will like have a, I don't know, like a heavily produced podcast, mm-hmm. like, um, uh, revisionist history by Malcolm Gladwell. Right. Um, yeah, that's know, he's, very scripted. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and like to a certain extent, um, that's kind of what Mystery Show was. If you guys ever listened to Mystery Show, no, what is it? No, it was uh, it's by one of the correspondents from This American Life, but she will um do some like really heavy investigating on the most trivial topics, like if like a friend of her like so uh, she being the 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 correspondent um a friend of hers told her about this video this like video store that she went to one day and it was like full and there was a lot of people moving in and out she rented a movie and went back the next the next day to return it and everything was empty and it was closed and okay. she wanted th- this was like eight years ago and she told the uh, starly who's the correspondent like i want you to look into this She's like all right so she they uh spend like half an hour looking into trying to find this video store or um uh, another one of her friends was watching some movie with Jake Gyllenhaal and she was like, in some of the shots he looks tall and in other ones he looks short. So how tall is Jake Hall? And they spend the show talking about that. Oh God. It's pretty cute. That reminds me <coughs>
1: of a Jezebel article oh, that yeah. I read last week <laughs> discussing the height of Barbara Bush. Like George Bush's mom. Okay. Uh, how tall is Barbara Bush? Do you know about
3: this? Yeah. Uh, Tefer told me briefly but you, you can... Uh...
1: Basically... Uh no one's really sure how tall Barbara Bush is. <laughs> <laughs>
3: the, it started with a Siri thing, right? Where if you ask Siri how tall Barbara Bush is, mm-hmm. I, I think they've fixed it now. But they it, have, yeah. But it used to be when you asked Siri how far how tall Barbara Bush is, it said Barbara Bush is four feet tall. Which is Weird. clearly wrong. But that it's apparent it apparently got it from Wikipedia. <laughs> Somehow, which apparently got it from somewhere else,
2: it was like, or like somebody went into the Wikipedia and and, and no messed with and now, now yeah. no
3: one can tell how tall That's Barbara funny. Bush is.
1: Wikipedia currently says that she is five foot three, but she was five nine while she was first lady, that and that would make sense because it's been like fifteen years and maybe she's gotten shorter, six inches shorter. I mean, old people grow short, dude. Yeah, grow they. Short.
2: I mean, they hunch, dude. They 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 start to hunch. Okay, but <clears> six <throat> inches. like,
1: how old is Barbara Bush? Very old.
2: Is she very old? I guess old? in her 80s. She's 80s. like 81.
3: Like, I don't think my grandmother is six inches shorter than she used to be, but then I'm taller. No, but there are. Did you are know also... her when she was taller? I mean, yeah. I knew her 20 years ago when I was five. Did you know her
1: when she was taller? How tall was she when you knew her?
3: I know her now. When she was tall? I don't. You need to parse your questions right, man.
2: Hey, Tom. Hey, Simon. Do we have any. um? Anything that we sell,
1: merchandise.
2: Yeah, we do. You can get a how tall is Barbara Bush t-shirt
1: <laughs> over at tpublic dot com. Only available in extra small, extra <laughs> tiny boy <laughs> shirts. You can also get a mm, antelope shirt mm. for death. Mm-hmm. You can get a uh,
2: do you like Hamilton? I can't tell. And if you want t-shirt? a mug,
1: a travel mug maybe, With or a logo coffee on.
2: mug. Or a print.
1: You can go to patreon.com slash patreon slash up for discussion. fan tas Blay.
3: Yep. Support the show.
0: Enter the promo the code of God.
1: BMOVIE <laughs> to get 10% off your order. This show is brought to you in part by Massey Harris Park.
0: The show is also brought to you by Master Bus. Bussing the
1: Master. For everything else, there's Master Bus. This show is brought to you in part by Simon's Nipples. They're pink. Saw those. The most vivid pink in the world.
2: All five of them.
1: They were fine. You guys, I I had a dream Mm -hmm. last night
2: that Are we that low on content? They were talking about dreams now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Guys, last night I had a dream that I watched two old men from the south of France recount the tales of their youth in a mountain in the south of France as two secluded mountain boys discovering the game of chess. They told me this story in the form of a musical theater piece They called their show Chess. (laughs) Then they learned that chess was both a real game people knew about and a successful Broadway musical. (laughs) They went back to the mountains in the south of France and lived happily alone together. So basically, Tom and I have both been taking
3: melatonin to help us fall asleep. <laughs> have and you really? Melatonin g- gives you really weird dreams. As it <laughs> I
2: what would have been your dreams, Tim?
3: Um, I dreamed. I have dreamed many things. Well, one dream I had last I night was. A dream in time
2: gone by. Are you
3: singing? No.
1: I need to remind you. There's some small boys I upstairs.
2: See. You're literally the loudest one here right now, <laughs> Tim. You were saying what about your dream? I was. But then
3: someone interrupted me.
0: It was weird.
2: Sorry. (laughs) Tell me about your dream.
3: I dreamed that all people were made of 3D printed pieces that they printed in their own homes. And when we died, we were respawned on a ship, sort of like Cylons, um, while we waited to be re-downloaded by our families in our own private homes. But my family was very, very poor. And so required my significant scientific knowledge and expertise to produce the raw materials required to 3D print us back into our bodies once we had died. And it was a very stressful challenge because I knew that if my family members were to die and I lacked the expertise, they would be stuck on the ship forever.
2: That's... um. That's scarily close to what our world may become one day.
3: I found a lot of interesting applications for one particular form of gold plastic, though. It was good.
1: Well, guys, that's all the time we've got for today. Thanks so much for listening to the Up for Discussions podcast.
3: (laughs) If you like this show, rate and review it on iTunes.
0: If
2: you like the show but not specifically this episode, you can still rate and review the show positively. The other episodes... And stuff. If and you're stuff. already
0: asleep, then that's good. Do you we guys ever really find like that
2: fine, you like accidentally develop a lisp? Accidentally, accidentally develop a lisp. I've been no, gradually
1: getting a speech impediment for the past like year and a half since we started this.
2: Since since we started this, since we started the podcast.
3: You can follow us at Tom's Lot and I at know the other Simon at Echovale Science or at Down With Talking on yeah. Twitter. Yeah.
1: Maybe sing a little nice, soft, sweet boy lullaby for, for all the,
3: the people that aren't asleep yet.
1: The, the tiny boys. Bye,
3: baby. The on goat the on the
0: mountain.
2: Okay, you can do that too.
3: I'm pretty
0: the sure the kids upstairs are
2: both girls. Hill.
1: I've been calling them little boys this whole time.
0: Drank his little supper, and drank his fill. And the goat on the mountain, and the goat on the hill. Sang with his supper and sang on the mountain and the hill. Hill.
2: I'm pretty sure there are no mountains in southern France. Support the show. <laughs> well, that <was> weird. <laughs> I enjoyed
4: part of that.